0: All right, you may stand for the call to worship from Psalm 81. Sing aloud to God our strength. Shout for joy to the God of Jacob. Raise a song, sound the tambourine, the sweet lyre with the harp. Blow the trumpet at the new moon and the full moon on our feast day. For it is a statute for Israel, a rule of the God of Jacob. He made a decree in Joseph when he went out over the land of Egypt. I hear a language I had not known. I relieved your shoulder of the burden. Your hands were freed from the basket. In distress you called, and I delivered you. I answered you in the secret place of thunder. I tested you at the waters of Meribah, Selah. Hear, O my people, I admonish you, O Israel. If you would but listen to me, there shall be no strange God among you. You shall not bow down to a foreign God. I am the Lord your God. Who brought you up out of the land of Egypt, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. But my people did not listen to my voice, Israel would not submit to me. So I gave them over to their stubborn hearts to follow their own counsels. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. I would soon subdue their enemies and turn my hands against their foes. Those who hate the Lord would cringe toward him and their fate would last forever. But he would feed you with the finest of the wheat. And with honey from the rock, I would satisfy you. We praise you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that you call us to come and worship you and to glorify you. And we pray that our our worship will be pleasing to you and that that you would truly enter into our worship, bringing us into your presence. Grow us in our faith and, and may everything we do be pleasing in your sight. Let us now look at uh, our next psalm reading. Psalm 105, our next Bible reading, I should say. That is on page 502, or I'm sorry, 503 of your few Bible. This is another wonderful psalm extolling the greatness of the Lord, which will also be discovered, of course, uh, in our sermon in Mark 7 today. But here, the psalmist on page 503 calls out, O oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments, he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever. The word that he commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac. Which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. When they were few in number, of little account, and sojourners in it, wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another kingdom, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their account, saying, Touch not my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. When he summoned a famine on the land and broke all supply of bread, He had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. His feet were hurt with fetters. His neck was put in a collar of iron. Until what he had said came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people set him free. He made him lord of his house, the ruler and ruler of all his possessions, to bind his princes at his pleasure and to teach his elders wisdom. Then Israel came to Egypt. Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. And the Lord made his people very fruitful and made them stronger than their foes. He turned their hearts to hate his people, to deal craftily with his servants. He sent Moses, his servant, and Aaron, whom he had chosen. They prepared the signs among them and miracles in the land of Ham. He sent darkness and made the land dark. They did not rebel against his words. He turned their waters into blood and caused their fish to die. Their land swarmed with frogs, even in the chambers of their kings. He spoke, and there came swarms of flies and gnats throughout their country. He gave them hail for rain and fiery lightning bolts through their land. He struck down their vines and fig trees and shattered the trees of their country. He spoke, and the locusts came, young locusts, without number, which devoured all the vegetation in their land and ate up the fruit of their ground. He struck down all the firstborn in their land and firstfruits of all their strength. Then he brought out Israel with silver and gold, and there was not And there was none among his tribes who stumbled. Egypt was glad when they departed, for dread of them had fallen upon it. He spread a cloud for a covering, and fire to give light by night. They asked, and he brought quail, and gave them bread from heaven in abundance. He opened the rock, and water gushed out. He flowed through the desert like a river. For he remembered his holy promise, and Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out with joy. His chosen ones were singing. And he gave them the lands of the nations, and they took possession of the fruit of the people's toil, that they might keep his statutes and observe his law. Praise the Lord. Today we'll continue in the Gospel of Mark. And... So if you would turn to chapter 7 in the Gospel of Mark, which would be on page 843, and we'll continue in our sermon series going through the Gospel of Mark, and we have seen uh, Jesus go to the land of the Gentiles and and drive a demon out of the syro Phoenician woman's daughter, Jesus has started a ministry to the Gentiles there, as small as it may be, the light has shined on the Gentiles. And now we come to the first healing of a deaf man, a deaf mute man, in the Gospel of Mark. So, hear the word of the Lord, the living, breathing, forever preserved word of God. Mark 7, verse 31. Then he returned from the region of Tyre and went through Sidon to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Catalyst. And they brought to him a man who was deaf and had a speech impediment. And they begged him to lay his hand on him. And taking him aside from the crowd privately, he put his fingers into his ears. And after spitting, he touched his tongue. And looking up to heaven, he sighed and said, that is, be opened. And his ears were opened, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. And Jesus charged them to tell no one, but the more he charged them, the more zealously they proclaimed it. And they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and me speak. In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered, And they had nothing to eat. He called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in the desolate place? And he asked them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people, and they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish, and having blessed them, he said that these should be set before them as well. And they ate and were satisfied, and they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about 4,000 people, and he sent them away, and immediately he got into the boat with his disciples, and went to the district of Manutha. So is was the reading of the word of the Lord. We thank you, Father, for your perfect and holy and true word. Help us to understand your power and your compassion for your people and your provision that you give them. We pray this in your Son's name. In Genesis, after all had been created, God stated this, Then God saw everything he had made, and indeed it was very good. God was satisfied with his creation. He rested from his work. He ceased from his labor. How often do we, when we've been doing a a project, we've been working on, finish it and look at it and say that is That is good. Then we move on to our next project. Here we see Jesus liberate a man's hearing and speech by his mighty power. What do the people proclaim? He has done all things well. It is indeed very good. Christ's power is beyond comprehension. And yet as great as his power is, his compassion may be even more amazing. It seems Christ's compassion multiplies. His power. And we see that as he feeds the thousands again. As he had done just a couple of chapters earlier. So we'll see first the power of Jesus' touch as he heals a deaf mute. And we'll see his Compassionate power multiplied seven loaves and a, a few fish in the feeding of a great multitude, and you'll see how Christ's power and compassion bless and motivate us as we look for Him. So we see the first point the power of Jesus' touch. We see that He returned from the region of Tyre and Sidon and went through went through that region to the Sea of Galilee in the region of the Decapolis. So he he leaves the Gentile area and he comes to this area by the Sea of Galilee and not only that, he climbs a mountain. He goes up on a mountain. And so we're going to read here that he has drawn a great crowd and And we have to understand that this is this is a crowd that was truly going after Jesus. They had to know what they were doing and where they were going. He wasn't just uh, going out to the town square. He was going in the middle of nowhere. Not only was he going in the middle of nowhere, but you need to grab your mountain climbing gear to come hear him. He was going up on a mountain. And then we see that they brought a man to Jesus. A deaf mute man was brought by his friends. And this should remind us of the episode in Mark chapter 2 of the paralytic. Who obviously would be unable to go to Jesus himself, and so his four friends brought the paralytic and dropped him dropped him down through the roof of Peter's house in order to have Jesus heal their friend. It was a a picture of of friends who had a great faith and were commended for it by Christ himself. And, And likewise here this man's able to walk, but he's got no way to ask Jesus for his healing. And so once again we have a picture of of faithful friends who bring who bring their friend and they beg Jesus to lay his hands on him. To heal him is what they're asking for. So Jesus takes him aside from the crowd. It doesn't tell us at this point how big the crowd is. We It's very probably the same crowd as we'll see in the feeding. We don't know if it's gotten that large yet, and so he takes this man from the crowd to be alone with him. And And he uses this peculiar approach to healing. One which I don't think most Medical professionals in this day and age would be too excited to see being done. It's a very intimate method he uses. As he puts his fingers in the man's ears, he is indicating what is going to happen to this man. He doesn't care if people think that he shouldn't be doing this. That he might be touching an unclean person, might even be a Gentile, we don't know. He does not care. He is going to demonstrate his greatness and his power. So he puts his fingers in the man's ears. It seems that he wets his fingers and, and touches the man's tongue. He means business. This is not like the last miracle, the driving out of the demon, where he just said, oh, the demon will be gone when you get home. A distance uh, display of power, if you will. Here, it's a very intimate display of Christ's ability to heal anyone of anything of any size. And we really don't know why it seems in other passages where it kind of gives us where it's because Jesus is, is upset that in his creation that there is such sin that, that brings disease. And demonic possession and everything. Not that this man has done anything to be deaf and to not be able to speak, but that because of the ravages of sin in the world, it brings such desolation and hopelessness. And he looks up to heaven and he sighs and he says, fatha I think I pronounced that right fatha that is be opened and what happens his ears are opened and his tongue is loose and he he speaks in fact, it looks like he doesn't stop speaking for a long time. And this perhaps lets us know that this was, uh, since he knew how to speak, this is, this is something that had happened to him. That he had previously been able to speak, but now some disease or some accident or something caused him to not be able to, to speak and to hear. And now this man's tongue is loose. And his friends see it, and those around them see it, and they're astonished, and they just can't stop talking about it. And Jesus commands them to be quiet. Why this is? We don't know for sure, but for whatever reason, it's just not in Jesus' timing at this point to proclaim it. But this man, after being loosed, he... He doesn't listen. He can't quit. Neither can his friends. And as much as it seems, it'd be, you know, he should be condemned. It's kind of hard to kind of hard to say that you or I wouldn't do the same thing if such an amazing miracle had happened to us, and even more. They proclaim in their astonishment, beyond measure, He has done all things well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Isaiah 35.5, the fifth gospel as many people call it. One that is, you just can't stop from quoting when you're going through the gospel of Mark. Isaiah 35, five says, The eyes of the blind shall see, the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped, and the tongue of the dumb shall sing. And this man was certainly singing the glories of the Lord. And then, we read after this great occasion, it seems to make sense that after this great healing that, and after the fact that they did not heed Jesus' admonition to not speak of this, that further greater crowds came around Jesus. And it says, in those days, when again a great crowd had gathered, they had nothing to eat, he called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd. They've been with me three days and have nothing to eat. So the second point, the second episode here, we get a, a glimpse of the power of Jesus' compassion. This crowd has been with Jesus for, for three days. And once again, we have to understand, uh, uh, this wasn't done through social media, through emails, through putting pamphlets on the doors of local businesses that there's going to be a big Bible conference you've got to go in the middle of nowhere up to a mountain to go see it no this was just word of mouth and these folks have been with Jesus for three days that is staggering They've been listening to him preach and I'm sure he he may well have done another healing or two some other miracles we don't know but, uh, but he has gathered this crowd and he's preaching the kingdom of God to them that it's, it's coming upon them and they're starving because it's been three days Started to pack a lunch for three days. And he says he has compassion on the crowd. He's moved at the very depths of his being and with compassion, with love for these people. They've listened to him for, for three days, proclaim that the kingdom of God is here. Repent and believe the gospel. And it kind of goes without saying, but Jesus does say it, so we'll say it. You know, a lot of these people have come from a long distance. They're in the wilderness. They're in a mountain. And Jesus sees their, their estate. He fears for their health. They might not be able to, to make it all the way home without passing out. And so he says, I have compassion on the crowd because they've been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. I send them away hungry to their homes. They will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. So he's insinuating that they need to be fed. We need to be good hosts. Let's give them something to eat. And the disciples reply, how can one feed these people with bread here in the desolate place? They don't, they don't see how they can feed so many. Why? Why? One prominent commentator called them stupid. You know, I mean, he's just fed the 5,000, which was actually probably closer to 20,000 men, women, and children. Well, they're stupid. That's our natural inclination. You know, when you think about the Hebrews in the wilderness, how often did they forget? They would forget almost instantly. The great things the Lord had done for them in the wilderness. They wanted to go back to Egypt. Within a week or so. After their great deliverance. And we do the same thing. God blesses us abundantly. And then hardship hits us. And we forget. But I think what needs to be commended the disciples is that they're not presuming upon Christ <coughs> they're not just assuming yeah he, he fed 20,000 people not too long ago he, you know he can just go ahead and do that here they're not presuming upon his great power And there's nothing wrong with that. We're not supposed to presume. We're not supposed to put ourselves in situations where we must presume upon God to get us out of our difficulty. So Christ looks at them and he asks them for, a, for an inventory. And they, they tell him, "Well, we have seven loaves." So he blesses, looks up to heaven, and he blesses the seven loaves as the disciples disperse them. They have a few fish. He blesses the fish and has the disciples distribute them amongst all the people. So everyone, four thousand people, were told they are filled. From seven loaves and a few fish. Jesus' compassion blesses the multitude to overflowing. Once again, God doesn't just take care of his people. He gives them more than they need. And they have seven humongous baskets left over. These are far larger baskets than they had in the previous episode. Plenty of food to go around for everybody. He has once again done an incredible creation miracle. Where there were only seven loaves, he multiplied them to feed 4,000 people. He does everything well. second time he's done this, (coughs) display his great power and compassion to those who come out to see him in the wilderness and feed them, to give them their daily bread like he did The Hebrews in the wilderness every morning, feeding them with manna from heaven. So after three days of ministry, Jesus (coughs) dismisses the crowd, and the disciples leave to Dalmanutia. And so we look at this incredible power, this compassion, this love of Christ. And we must know that just as the deaf man, the step mute man, was brought to Jesus, to be made whole, that is what, what we need to do. We need healing of our illnesses, whatever they may be, of our sicknesses. And Christ is there to hear us, and be with us, and comfort us. Even more, we need the healing of the balm of salvation of Christ. Work on the cross for our sins if we've not turned to him. That is our, our greatest healing because truly we are deaf and we are mute spiritually until Christ <laughs> turns our stony heart to flesh through the power of the Holy Spirit and raises us up from the dead. We need to trust in Christ and Him alone. And it's interesting, this story of the deaf mute is right in between two episodes with the Pharisees and scribes, Sadducees, who do not have eyes to see and ears to hear. They are deaf. And they cannot speak the truth of God. So they may as well be mute. And what's more, whereas Christ told <coughs> them who was healed of his hearing and speaking difficulties to, to be quiet and not spread this around at this point. We're under no obligation to be quiet about the greatness of our Savior and our Lord and His work in our lives. We must proclaim his greatness in whatever way that may be for you. Who knows? It's different for everybody. But we don't have to be bashful while letting folks know that Christ is King. Christ is the healer. We've seen Him. Christ is the one who brings us life and joy and comfort. He is our chief comfort. And we love Him. And and why am I doing what I'm doing is you know, maybe you pull somebody out of a ditch or something on a day like today and they ask you, why did you do that? I'm just, I'm just thankful to Christ. What he's done for me. And we must believe as well that Jesus will always provide us with our daily bread. Every day he gave the Hebrews in the wilderness bread and he commanded them only take the bread you need for the day and that was to have them walk, to learn to walk in obedience and dependence upon the Lord. A beautiful picture of of love for his people. And we are to pray for common things. For our daily bread. For a warm house, for friends and family that love us, and a church that worships with us, and, and all such common things, for our health even. That's a common thing. We are never more arrogant than we think we... I'm not going to pray for that. God doesn't care about that. Our next breath is dependent upon Christ Jesus upholding it. Let us remember to lift up everything to him in humble dependence on his greatness and an acknowledgement of his compassion. So we see in conclusion that Jesus is not just a wise man or prophet he's not even a miracle-working apostle, as wonderful as they were. He is God Almighty. There's nothing he cannot do. He is all-powerful. And while he set our world in motion in obedience to certain laws that he's put forth, he is not bound himself by those laws of nature as we are. He is powerful beyond our imagination. And he does all things well. Jesus never said, That's good enough for government work. Like I've said a million times. He does all things perfectly well and good. He is our creator God who commands and controls all of creation. And he is compassionate. Which multiplies his power intensely and gives us great hope and and joy and, and comfort. Knowing all of this. That the king of kings and the lord of lords has compassion on our lowly estate should cause us to thank him and praise him for all things in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth this may be the most comforting verse in all of scripture because this is the god who loves you provides for you and even prays for you when you don't know what to pray for This is our powerful, compassionate Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that your word would, would dwell in our hearts. That we would be compassionate as well and walk in your, in your power according to your purposes. Let your spirit reign in us. We pray this in your son's name. Amen.